Thank you for listening to the only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Hello, my name is Frank Grosso. I'm a pharmacist and the executive director and CEO of the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists. And you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, thanks for coming back for another episode of the Pharmacy Podcast. We have an industry leader today, Mr. Frank Grosso, who's with the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists, the ASCP. Excited about that interview. Before that, Pharmacy Times heads up. Pharmacy response to King versus Burwell decision. For many pharmacy organizations, the Supreme Court King versus Burrell decision upholding the Affordable Care Act's ACA tax subsidies fended off potential confusion for patients concerning health insurance. While the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists, ASCP, does not foresee any changes to the consultant pharmacy profession and long-term care industry as a result of the ruling, it did recognize that the decision adds more certainty to the future of the nation's health insurance system. The decision allows our members to continue efforts to work with other professions in the healthcare arena to deliver higher quality, more cost-effective care to the nation's seniors, the ASCP said in a recent statement. It leads us to our interview with the ASCP, who is championing uh, better care for our senior population, institutional pharmacies, um, long-term care, assisted living, and um, how that's spanning into the world of specialty pharmacy. So let's talk with Mr. Frank Grosso. Hey, welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, we're shifting gears, going back to my roots, the world of um, institutional senior care, uh, long-term care pharmacy. I'm excited to welcome Frank Grosso with the ASCP. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing really well. Hey, you're not a, um, you're not, um, it's not your first time on the show. Uh, you were actually on the pharmacy podcast. What was it about a couple years ago? Yeah, I was in a different role at that point in time. And, uh, Dana Saffold conducted the interview. Right, exactly. So welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you so much. I want to start off with giving the listeners an update on yourself and actually um, what you're now doing with the ASCP. Well, yeah, I was uh, working for Genesis Healthcare at the time we uh, spoke two years ago as a vice president of pharmacy services, managing the uh, purchase of pharmacy services for approximately 211 buildings at the time. And uh, the opportunity with ASCP came up and uh, I decided to do something different and uh, move into the association world where I could uh, help move our profession along. So um, back in September, I took the position here as uh, executive director and CEO of the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists and uh, been enjoying it ever since. Yes, and um, the organization, I've seen changes just since I've been part of the pharmacy uh, community, the business of pharmacy since 2004, and um, the the advocacy as well as the growth, especially of the conference, has just become um, 
completely uh, different and packed with so much more information. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. Um, but I wanted to get into to the new ASCP and kind of what you're doing out there in the world of the business of pharmacy, specifically to senior care. What are the latest efforts of the ASCP um, in senior care pharmacy? I think the most important thing that we're focusing on right now is developing programs to help members and pharmacists at large really handle the new reimbursement structure and the way Medicare is focused on the triple aim being access, affordability, and patient-centered um, services. Um, the latest uh, event that we conducted was the forum in Baltimore, really a gathering of uh, nursing home administrators, uh, pharmacists, assisted living managers, where we brought in executives and experts from the industry to talk about the change in reimbursement, the um, bundled payments, the risk corridors. And, and uh, it was a very interesting program. And really, that's what we're looking at as the future uh, patient-centered care within the nursing home and outside the nursing home. So, Frank, are you are you involved at the level where when payment structures are changed and CMS starts to come out with specific regulations around that, does the ASCP actually get involved in helping to collaborate with the with the federal organizations to come up with those new payment structures? We are more now as we look at these risk uh, arrangements or bundled payments because it is uh, it's not a uh, traditional fee-for-service environment. It really involves managing outcomes. So we very much get in discussions with both nursing home operators, pharmacy operators, and with the regulators as we begin to look at how we adjust the way the businesses are, are managed. It's um, more about the patient outcome than the number of charts I reviewed or the number of prescriptions I dispensed in a month. Right. Exactly. Which folds, I think, into what I wanted to ask you uh, next, and um, I've seen in witnessing the the, the senior uh, the senior care conference, the ASCP's annual, that you've dedicated an entire section of your floor plan in the exhibit space to technology. So, what types of technology do you see in the senior care industry as kind of the most innovative and promising to long term care pharmacy or our consultant pharmacists? I think the technologies that enable pharmacists to follow the patient regardless of the setting are going to be the most innovative and most um, advanced technologies in the future. Uh, we're really we're entering an environment where I guess AHCA recently made one of their goals to increase the number of admissions to be discharged to home by 10% and eventually achieving 70% of the admissions to be discharged to home. Well, traditionally the consultant pharmacist worked in the nursing center and a lot of those patients remained in the nursing center. But now we're looking at those patients going home and they're in need of pharmaceutical care. Technologies that can enable a pharmacist to Follow that patient through the transitions of care, I think, are the cutting-edge technologies that I would look for in the future. That's a really good point, um, bringing up. There are um, health systems, hospitals, uh, long-term care um, 
settings that have these patients that are in fact returning to home. How does the consultant pharmacist follow through in order not to um, trip up on a therapy ongoing? How does the consultant pharmacist follow from, let's say, the long-term care nursing home to actually, if the patient remo- is removed and actually is put back into their you know, actual home, um, how is that happening? How is, um, in your overseeing of, and I'm sure you've seen that happen maybe even in your your past life in, in governing, um, you know, Genesis. But how is that? How, how are you seeing that take place? How is that changing the world of the consultant pharmacist? It's providing a great challenge um, because it's non-traditional. If you look at the history of consultant pharmacy and, you know, long-term care services, the service begins at the time a patient is admission, admitted to a nursing home and ends when they're discharged because that's the way the reimbursement was structured. And you basically, there was a hard stop when they left the nursing center and then they went to the primary care physician and the retail pharmacy. Well, with bundled payments, the nursing facility or the ACO is responsible for the patient throughout the transition. And the need for medication management transitions beyond the walls of the hospital and beyond the walls of the nursing center. The reimbursement mechanism is still being hashed out, determined. I mean, the structure has been laid out by CMS and the innovation section, but it is, it's still very, uh, a new frontier and people are trying to figure out how to work it because it's not a fee for service environment. It is a risk share environment between a nursing home, the pharmacy, the pharmacist, the hospital, ACO, their discharge plan. It's a very different environment. You know, uh, folding back on our la- my last question about technology, there's this evolution of uh, this mobile world uh, from a technology perspective, but also from a consultancy perspective. And it really folds into um the consultant pharmacist world. There's a term called tactical pharmacist versus a, cons- a consultant pharmacist. And uh, I think now it's it's involving more levels of mobile technology. And uh, there are consultant packages out there that are, are also evolving. And um, how that um, tracking and that reporting is being delivered back to the main pharmacy management system is quite important. Um, tell the listeners a little bit about consultancy uh, technology that you've seen, and you can be as specific or non-specific as you want, and um, and you how you see that uh, changing the world of the consultant, uh, the con- this consultant pharmacist. I think the technologies that I've seen out there are still traditional in nature, um, meaning that they focus on the patient within the building, within the nursing home. Um, They're evolving and pharmacies are are developing systems that say can track the phone call or the follow-up to the patient when they're discharged to the home or following the discharge from an ACO into the home. Um, Those are, are new strategies, I think, or new structures because it's patient-centered, not nursing-centered or hospital-centered. We have the technologies that, you know, when you say tactical, it's really 
managing the services that the patient needs and the clinical requirements. Tactical meaning, do they have the tools they need to manage their medication so that we can improve their adherence to their medication and improve the outcome? Is the medication available to them when they discharge to home? Is it is it going to be picked up at the store? Do they have the ability to have their uh, visit with their primary care physician set up as soon as they're discharged to home to reduce the the possibility of a rehospitalization? There's tactical and there's clinical, and they need to be melded together so that it all focuses on the patient and the technologies need to develop to follow the patient, not necessarily the care setting. Yeah, it's really the evolution of the electronic health record too and how pharmacy services, which are going to prevent that patient from being readmitted, why why that is so important and why that's a big part of, um, as we all know, the statistics of why uh, patients sometimes get readmitted is because they fall off of their therapy. So the consultant pharmacy, uh, that role is just um, is just huge. I think the opportunities out there for the um, technology folks is helping to integrate the interoperability of these systems. We have EHR systems and nursing centers that don't go beyond the patient discharge. We have pharmacy dispensing systems that aren't integrated with the electronic health record in the nursing center or the hospital. Um, If we're trying to manage the patient, we have to have interoperability and a recognition of sharing of information between disciplines and settings of care. Yeah, the uh, evolution of the technology and even the library of informations that, that are plugged into those systems, I'm always keeping my eye on. It's become very, um, very interesting and, and it can can save not only our health system money, but um, time uh, based on the follow-up and uh, what it what it could save uh, the, the, the healthcare system in, in the form of millions, possibly billions if it helps to identify patients' um, issues and then being able to track those issues ongoing rather than things being kind of left go or lost or falling fall through the cracks. Um, so give our listeners an update of the latest uh, ASCP-supported policy initiatives which can affect the practice of senior care pharmacy. Well, policy, legislative, there's a, a regulatory, there's an awful lot going on right now. Um, We've got uh, the century or 21st century cure proposal that's in the House and Senate, which is really about getting new drugs to market quicker and supporting the FDA. But also within there is a provision to reduce drug abuse of opiates and a lock-in provision, which gave um, the plan sponsors the ability to if they identify a potential abuse of a medication by a patient, they could restrict that patient's um, purchasing of pharmaceuticals to a specific pharmacy, uh, which turned in, you know, could be a significant problem for a nursing home patient who comes into the building and is restricted to getting their medications from a non-long-term care pharmacy that might not be able to package appropriately, deliver 24 hours a day, 
because it's community-based. Um, we've worked very hard with uh, a, a stakeholder group involving nursing home operators, other associations, the uh, GPOs, and uh, petitioned and commented, and I think that we've got that uh, reasonably under control. They've heard us and uh, made an exception for long-term care, but it's still in markup, and we hope that our, our request will prevail through the rest of the markup um, to exclude long-term care from that lock-in provision. That's one area. We've also got several issues regarding FDA and repackaging that we've been working on. Um, FDA is follow-up from the incident in New England with compounding. You know, there's additional restrictions being placed on, quote, repackaging which uh, could have some significant impact on nursing home operators, one being the simple repackaging of a product to place in an emergency supply, say a, a automated dispensing unit in a, in a nursing center uh, would be restricted and unable for the pharmacy to provide unless they went to uh, a compounding license. So that's an area that we are, are focused on. And again, in a, in a, uh, a stakeholder group, have provided uh, comments on uh, the issue of repackaging and the need for um, acceptance of repackaging of tablets in the long-term care. Um, another area that we've been focusing on recently is USP Chapter 5, uh, 800, where hazardous drugs rules are being promulgated that could significantly impact whether a tablet could be broken in half and administered to a patient in a nursing center without having a negative pressure room to break the tablet in half because of some of the manufacturing rules that are tentatively could be applied to breaking a tablet in a pharmacy for administration or in a nursing center. You know, it's unintended consequences, I think, from, you know, we're a small industry, you know, representing only about 5% of pharmacy. And some of these rules apply to the greater sector. So our job is to really listen, pay attention to these rules as they come out and, and help them adapt to our particular sector. So a lot of activity right now. And then, you know, provider status, the ability for pharmacists to be able to bill under Part B for the clinical services they provide. Uh, that those are those are the areas that really significantly impact our sector right now, and we're involved in all of them. We did a rebroadcast of the International Academy of Compounding Pharmacy. Uh, their executive um, vice president, CEO David Miller, was talking about USP eight hundred, and um, that organization is also um, an advocate for uh, the the evolution of of pharmacy services and what regulations are necessary and what specific pharmacy services need them more than others. Um, so that's interesting that you've mentioned that. And then the repackaging, I read the article where uh, the ASCP is involved with Advanced Pharmacy and the American Heart uh, American Healthcare Association. Um, at, in in signing um, the the letter that you had sent to the FDA, uh, acknowledging that repackaging in the uh, in in the world of long term care and senior care pharmacy is different <laughs> than other facets of pharmacy. So um, that's very interesting. So it, you're definitely on top of what needs to be um, addressed 
in the world of uh, of senior care pharmacy as you as I think the organization has always been. And it's where I go for sources of of knowledge and why we're hoping to engage the ASCP on a on a reoccurring basis, hopefully with some pieces that you can give your subject matter expertise to um, regarding long-term care pharmacy. So let's talk about uh, the upcoming um, 2015 ASCP annual conference uh, happening October 30th through November 1st uh, in Las Vegas. You know, who should go to that show? I mean, I know that if you're a consultant pharmacist, I know if you're running a long-term care pharmacy, you should definitely go to that conference. But there are other pharmacies out, pharmacists out there, other pra- people that are practicing uh, combo shops that want to grow their business. Who would you say should attend that show to to get more education in the world of institutional and senior care pharmacy? Our program has expanded, you know, considerably. Um, and the forum was an example of that that we just had in uh, um, Baltimore. Is really looking at all settings of care, a consultant pharmacist isn't restricted to a nursing home. Consultant pharmacist is any pharmacist who can assist with pharmaceutical care medication management for seniors. Um, And as we see these patients going home and the need to follow patients who are required, senior care patients who require, you know, MTM or comprehensive med reviewed management, you know, our program in Las Vegas is really looking at making programs available for any pharmacist, regardless of their practice setting, who's interested in senior care, whether it's a community pharmacy, a um, chain drug pharmacy, a hospital pharmacist, or, you know, a a true long-term care pharmacist. But the programs are universal. So I really think that looking at our upcoming um, meeting in Las Vegas, it's really for any pharmacist who's interested in senior care pharmacy, regardless of your setting. Because again, Medicare and the whole reimbursement structure is moving towards patient-centered care. So if we're really going to leverage the skill sets that we've learned as pharmacists, we need to be able to follow the patient wherever that setting is. So the, the skills that we teach at our meeting are multidisciplinary or multi-site um, applicable. So I encourage any pharmacist who's, one, looking to sharpen their skills or pharmacists who are looking to make a change um, and expand their, their professional opportunities by learning more about senior care pharmacy. Frank, thank you so much for coming back to the Pharmacy Podcast. Uh, congratulations in your new role with the ASCP. Um, would very much like to have uh, you or one of your other um, members back or any consultant pharmacist that you recommend back. There's so many topics I'd love to dig into um, that, that I think that the ASCP could give a lot of subject matter expertise too. But I uh, just wanted to extend a, a thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. We're on with ASCP's Frank Grosso, and we thank you for listening.